Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is your host, Mark Hyde, and today we are going back into the archives to bring you a classic replay called, I Know God Loves Me, But Does He Like Me? It was originally released back in season two on December 10th, 2020, and I think it's a great one for us to listen to where honestly many of us probably find ourselves today. As we enter into a new year, we often set new goals, make resolutions, and maybe choose a word for the year, all with the purpose of either growing in our personal lives or growing more in our faith. But what happens when the crap hits the fan and you look back and realize that even though you had good intentions, you feel like you're farther from God than when you first started? For those of us who are parents, We know that some days are just harder than others to parent our kids, right? We have this phrase that we like to use where, man, we really love our kids, but at the moment, I don't really like them too much, especially when they do things to intentionally hurt us, hurt themselves, or hurt others. And since we often relate to God with how we relate to our own parents, or maybe even how we relate to our children as their parents, maybe we've sat back and wondered, I know God loves me, but does he like me right now? Maybe you find yourself in a struggle of life, Maybe you found yourself all alone, and maybe you found yourself at rock bottom. I hope this classic replay encourages you, encourages me, and encourages all of us to remember that is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. So you ready? Let's go! Tonight's conversation might seem like a weird one. In all honesty, I, w- I was trying to figure out how to introduce it at the intro there because it's kind of a weird thought of, I know God loves me, but I'm not sure if he likes me. It, it, it's it's definitely interesting. I've yeah. never thought of it before. I've never I've never thought about it. So I didn't think it's about be- it until literally, like this popped in my head about 12 hours before we started recording. <laughs> so Mark is obviously going to lead this one because I've never thought about right. it. So and I'll, I'll just and I my- should say, I've thought like I... I've interacted with this a lot and and normally it doesn't come out in a phrase like this. It comes out a little different in terms of is God just done with me? Is he just going to throw me away? But I read a quote from somewhere out there where he was like, and then I even read um, an article too that someone asked John Piper this of like, hey, I've been a Christian for forever, but is there ever a point where God's just like, eh, I'm kind of- I just listened to that Ask Pastor John. I'm not a big fan. You know, it's kind of like the idea of a parent when it's like you look at your kid, you think about it, where it's like, I love you. I just don't really like you at, this, mm, at the moment. Okay. You know, like so that's let, kind of the thought. Let me it. ask you this then, Mark. Uh, why do we have an idea that God may not like us? And that's that's an interesting thought. I think a lot of it comes from our human intuition of okay. just the thought of, you know, with how we interact with each other. Like, like you're my brother. I love you. But there might be a point where it's like, I'm not a big fan. Like, I don't really, like, at the moment, just, just go away. Like topic roulette night. Like, just... <laughs> Pause, 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 but, uh, <laughs> oh I man, that it. was funny. When we got back together and we watched it, we were like, oh, well, it was the first time we, act, I met Beth face to face and we watched that we episode. Watched that episode and I'm like, shut up, Chris. <laughs> no, we did not watch the whole, like we no, didn't watch the whole, we, episode. Just, we just went to that one, we just went to that spot, spot yeah. we went to that one spot. But, um, you know, I think comes out in a lot of different avenues about how people react and respond to that with the fact of uh, does God really like me? You know, on the one token we see in the Bible where um, talking about gifts and the father and the mm-hmm. fact of like, you know, if an earthly father is like this, how much more is the heavenly father? If right. an earthly father wants to give us their son gifts, how right. much more will the heavenly father want to give you gifts? Well, if our earthly father 
doesn't always like us. Why on earth would the, would God himself actually like us or would he be done with us? I've heard a lot of Christians talk about, you know, it's like, I know God loves me, but I know I'm struggling with this or I don't feel like I'm living my life for Jesus. Will God just one day be done with me? Mm. Like, does he just not like me anymore? Do I just not receive his blessing or receive his favor? Or here's another Christian hot topic word is, will God remove his anointing from me? And I know that's something we've talked about. I think in uh, Coffee Mug Christianity, we talked a lot about mm. those conversations. Um, but with the Bible specifically, I got three different ideas of why someone might have the idea of why God does not like them. Now, are these like biblical ideas or ideas you think that just... Uh, some are biblical and some are not. Some are biblical is and it, some are not. Are they biblical in the sense that it's actually biblical or is it biblical in the sense of it's Coffee Mug Christianity taken out of context? Just a question. Um, both. Okay, well, gotcha. So the first one is the one that's obvious with a lot of people who are trying to figure out this whole God thing. And a lot of it is the whole yin and yang, good versus evil, mm. having your good works outweigh your bad works. And if you know what, if I ever cross over that threshold of 51% bad works and 49% good works, well, all of a sudden, like, am I screwed? Will God no longer provide his blessing and no longer this, that, and the other? Um, in the same token where it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, I just feel like I'm not... I'm not close to God or, you know, like all these bad things are happening. So God must be upset or God must be angry with me because I'm no longer getting this, that, or the other is like, you know, or the whole, woe is me. Like, why are all these bad things happening? I'm a good, I'm a good person, God. Like, why are you letting all these bad things happen to me? Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of, that's not scriptural. That's just a thought that we have. Right. Um, another one though is, you know, maybe with the Israelites where we see all throughout the old Testament where they disobeyed, God whacked them back in the line. They disobeyed, God sold them into slavery. They fell out of line. God said, fine, here's this, here's that, here's this punishment, here's this judgment. And, and throughout the old Testament, it's a whole story of Israel falling away, God whacking them. And then they cry out for God for help. So is there ever a point where God's just going to whack us to the point where we, we're not getting whacked back in line, but we're getting mm. whacked out of existence which is what happened to Israel. Sorry, I'm being distracted by your cat. She's the cat. She's the, grabbing my, oh, he, he really is. Play, oh, he's, he's like caught in it. Okay. That's really funny. Um, another so, one. Sorry. I was listening, but and another one, distracted. this is, um, it's a big, long scripture. Um, but at least for the one spot of it is the fact of God actually disciplines his followers. And it's the fact of like, you know, like when a lot of people will, um, it's actually a really cool book, Not, Forsa Not Forsaken by Louis Giglio, um, where he was writing, and it's not a new concept, where how you view your God, oftentimes, not always, is how you view God the Father. If you had a good earthly father, you might have a good view of God. Oh, that cat just scared me. <laughs> Jumped up and pawed at me. I legit jumped. Hey, Celery. Um, or if if God, or if your earthly father is a terrible deadbeat abuser, whatever, or uh, just absent. That's how you view God, how, how God mm -hmm. works. Mm -hmm. So um, if you are disciplined by your father out of your father's anger, mm. not to correct, but to punish, will God just punish you for not doing the good things, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, and what, the, actually disciplining his fathers or discipl disciplining his followers. And, you know, in Romans 12 uh, verses one through two, you know, it's talking about uh, the, the great cloud of witnesses, which we talked about in a previous episode. Mm -hmm. um, Lay aside every hindrance, keep your eyes on Jesus, the author, finisher of our faith. Um, but then in verse three, it says, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, talking about Jesus, so that you won't grow weary and give up. In struggling against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, which Jesus did. And you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you, my sons. 
My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or lose heart when you are reproved by him. For the Lord disciplined the one he loves and punishes every son he receives. And that's actually um, a reference to a Just different scripture. Pause real fast. Mm-hmm. You said Romans. I said Romans. Oh, my bad. Hebrews. You meant Hebrews, right? I, mean Hebrews. Okay. Hebrews I just want to make sure I was following. Okay. Ooh, Sorry my bad. My no, bad. You're yeah, good. Nah, you said not Romans. Romans. I've been my Hebrews been 12. Romans, apparently. Yes. Yeah, Hebrews 12. Okay. I just um, wanted, I wasn't sure. I was like confused. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and then if you keep going in verse nine, it says, furthermore, we had human fathers discipline us and we respected them. Shouldn't we submit even more to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time based on what seemed good to them, but he does it for our benefit so that we can share in his holiness. So right there, we see that God actually disciplines the one he loves and punishes every son that he receives. So if God is punishing us, does that mean that we have disappointed him and that because we are being punished, it's for our own benefit because God loves us. Maybe we understand that, but does that actually separate us a little bit from God? Does that cause some distance? Does that make him be like, you know what? Follower, follower, I'm I'm not a big fan of you right now. So get your crap back together, then come back and see me. You know, it's a different, it's an interesting concept. I see how someone could take that if they weren't well grounded in the Word of God. Oh, for sure. That's what what we about to ground some people. Proverbs talks a lot about how a wise man taketh a rebuke. You know. Oh, right. Yeah. So rebuke is is a form of verbal discipline. Um, and a fool doesn't listen. And so I think God sometimes verbally, either through circumstances or through people verbally rebukes us. But I can see, I mean, we've talked about my, my past on this podcast that, you know, back when my dad was, um, still learning how to be a, a true follower himself. Oh yeah, we talked about that quite a bit. He yeah. was very abusive to us kids, mm-hmm. and he's since repented of it, and even repented to us about it. Which um, is which is a very humbling thing to it do. It is. It's Good very. Him. Yeah. That's awesome. So, but my in my late teens, early twenties, I had a very skewed version of God. But I actually went the opposite way. Okay. Rather than viewing God as a God who is wrathful, that's a term that people like to use. But she is wrathful, right? Um, I viewed him as he was never wrathful, which this is a false teaching. He was never wrathful, never angry, and and only love. That's it. Only love and grace, which is the opposite end of the spectrum, which is a false gospel. That's right. a false teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see how it could go this way because I was just on the opposite side of it. Right. <laughs> so, and, and that's it. This might not. This might not touch on every. This might not touch the hearts of everybody right. listening. Right. But for those people who are like, man, like, when is God just going to be done with me and then just throw me off to the wayside because yeah. I'm just a waste of space? Right. Like, because there are a lot of Christians out there. I think who think that way, right. and that's not healthy. That's not a good place to be. But I think it would be good for us to to let's ground it a little bit in scripture right. to first yeah. figure out, you know, what is God's love, and then answer the question is. After we answer, what is God's love? Does God ever stop liking us, mm-hmm. or, um, or you know, do we just walk away from Him? And then ultimately, do we lose certain blessings if we don't follow God the way? Yeah, we yeah. So let's dive in, man. What's yeah. what's God's love? So rather than me just saying it, I'm just going to read some more Bible. Let's do that's that the best cool? way to do it. Is that cool. All right. So more Bible is First John four, which first we talked about this in the podcast. One of my favorite books of the Bible. First John. Love I love another. it. So First John four eleven. Th- oh, sorry. First John four seven through eleven is. Dear friends, 
Let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who love has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. What's that scripture that talked about he first loved us? We love him because he first loved yes. us. I think that's that, also first John. Is it first John? Like first John? I was, was going to say it ties right in with first John with two. That. I think. Yeah, I'm one? not. First John is your book, man. I love first. I John. haven't. I need to do more studying in first John. I just kicked the cat. I legit just kicked it. So, my sorry. bad salary to get out of my feet, bro. <laughs> but no, go on. Continue but yeah, on. so so the whole idea is the fact of what is God's love, and we see from this specifically, and also. The first John two, but also John three sixteen. God loved mm-hmm. the world in this way that He sent His Son Jesus. So ultimately, we first need to have the baseline of what is God's love. Is God's love is nothing that we did; it's what God did, right? And more of the fact of what Jesus completed and what Jesus had done. So throw a theory in. Here okay, for you. okay, okay. You gonna curveball this? I'm, I'm gonna curve. Well, it's just a theory. It's fun to sit in this seat, isn't it? It is kind of fun. I don't have to think as much, <laughs> but. Fun theory that I, I've just recently discovered, and I haven't fleshed it out, so I don't take it as gospel. But it's okay. it's literally just a theory. Okay, um, I actually, it might have come from John Piper. <laughs> it might be a John Piper. Don't quote me on that either. I was about to say what's with John Piper on? Everyone's like, oh, okay. I, I've okay. been watching a lot of John Piper, so it, <laughs> it could be from John Piper, but it could be from somebody else because okay. I've watched a lot of stuff lately. Anyways, he said that whoever this was said that it's not that it was a love, even though it was a love of us, because God says he loved the world, but it was also a sign of the father's, take John chapter 17 through 19, the whole- um, Is that the last discourse where he's praying for the disposals? Right, right, yeah. So this is the last supper through the discourse. Mm -hmm. Um, And it talks about how he loves God, God loves him. He gave, God gave him these people. He gives them back. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's actually a- love sequence amongst God, the father and God, the son, that all this stuff that's transpiring is the God, the father and God, the son. But, but what's the common, den- I, I actually agree with that. So well, what's the I've common never, denominator? I've though? never heard of God, God and love. God <laughs> but who right. is not a part of that equation? The Holy Spirit? No, 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 oh, no. Us? Us. Yeah. We're not a part of that. I was like, equation. wait, uh, <laughs> yeah. We are the right. beneficiaries of God's love right. and we get to Right, enjoy but the whole God's purpose love. of it is that God is, is love and he's, it's a love showing back right. into the same entity because he is the God. And it goes back to our episode of Undeserved Grace. Right. Um, but I just thought it was a very yeah, interesting really, theory. That interesting. And it was like, wow, that's that's kind of cool if it if it's true. And if you think about it, it's really awesome. And and so. more than that, what's when 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 we look at okay, so what role do we play in God's love? Answer is Jack Crap. That's that's we we are basically the gifts. We, we, it's like it's like it's like I love you, brother. And so I'm gonna give you a gift of I don't know, some Adidas shoes. I actually need a new pair. <laughs> I'm getting, I know what I'm getting for Christmas, guys. I'm, gi- I'm giving you a, a gift of a Starbucks gift card. Oh, okay, that's fresh. Because I'm okay. showing my love for you. Yeah. Right? And you're taking that and you're giving me a gift and it's constantly going back. It's showing, it's a. It's not that gifts and material things are, a, it's just an act of love. Um, and in the same way, that's kind of what we are in the love 
trinity. <laughs> okay, okay. Is that we are the gifts that are, they're giving back and forth to each other. Like, hey, I love you so much. Oh, that's a th- okay. I'm giving you this gift. That's an interesting thing. Isn't theory. that, it's interesting though, interesting isn't it? Interesting theory. I, like I said, I don't know if it's actually biblical. I haven't dug too deep into it because I just heard it, but mm-hmm. I thought it was an interesting theory. But Anyways, at the end of on. the day, what is love? It's not the fact that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son. So therefore, what actually is God's love. Right. God's love is not based on what I do and what I don't do, but it's based on literally the fact that just that's who well, he is. Well, and it's interesting because we can't, we don't know how to love without God. We, and we talked about it that. It says right here in first, too. yeah, but it says it right here in first John four, it says, uh, let us love one another because love is from God, right? Mm-hmm. So therefore without God, there is no love. Right. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God right? Because it's born out of love, right? Love is God. This is the, the existential gift that has been given. Not only to, we're like the, (laughs) it's almost like we're the dogs on the floor getting the leftover love (laughs) gift that God is giving himself. That's (laughs) hilarious. It's funny to me, but it's so cool. It's just such a cool thought. That is cool. I, that's, that's Anyways, really cool, dude. Anyways, I like that. I'm sorry to. Do, I don't know what to say it, but that's just cool. I, I, that's cool. Yeah, it, just a theory. That's I just. Cool. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just thought no, it, you're good. It tied into this. So, looking at this, how does God's love work? You know, the first question is, does God love unbelievers? And I think the answer is obviously yes. Yeah. Because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right. And God loved the world in this well, way. He sent Jesus and, to die for the world. And if you understand, if you understand everything, uh, He loves us. And he gave us grace. It's nothing we have done to earn or right. can earn or will ever earn. Um, we will, if we're looking at it from that aspect, we will always be indebted and not that we should try to pay off our debt because we will never be able to pay off a debt, but it's a gift. It's a gift. Ephesians it's literally a gift. Yep. <laughs> so, so right off the bat, does God love unbelievers? Well, yeah, he does, but cause he still offers them. So, the same gift. so then how do we earn God's love? And the answer is you don't, <laughs> you right. don't earn God's right. love. You can't, you can't, it's a gift. And right. then I, I, this actually made me chuckle. I was thinking like, okay, so does that make God's love fragile? Like, you know, in frozen two, when Anna says something, Christoph is like, like ran off and Christoph is like, my love's not fragile. So and then he goes if Christoph's love ain't fragile, do you think God's love is then fragile? Then he goes into the ballad of Lost in the Woods. <laughs> oh, that was before. That was before. Oh, okay. This is the very end after yeah, the whole oh, thing gotcha. was rescued. And he was like, gotcha. I thought I lost you. And I was like, I'm so sorry. He's like, my love's not fragile. And then oh, gotcha. tears. But, you know, is God's <laughs> love fragile? Because if if God is love, God is who he is, he showed his love while we were sinners. The answer is very simply, No. God's love a, a is fragile. A resounding no. And and we see that with, you know, Romans 8, 31 through 39, where is God's love fragile? Because no, at the very end, it says neither um, persuade that neither death nor life, angels or rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, which is crazy to think about. Right. Like the crap that's about to happen in Revelation, right. that can't even do it. And nor powers, any type of power. No, nor height, nor death, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That is in, found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why? Because... God demonstrated his love. We didn't demonstrate right. nothing. But what's interesting is a lot of times we just read those passages and that's it. But I want to read the passage before that. Right. Because Let's, this is where it gets yeah, cool. Right. So Romans 8, 31 through 39 says this. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? That's a beautiful one. Mm-hmm. He did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will we? Um, how will he not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. 
Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more, he's been raised. He's also at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as written? Because of you, we are being put to death all the day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am- Hang on, I just want to stop there. Oh, I was getting on my roll though. I know you were. But that is such an important line that was right there in 37, okay? So it says, and this is where the name it, claim it, people miss it. Uh-oh. Okay. So they say, in all things, Give it to we them. are more than conquerors. So they're saying, ha, we're, I can see, I'm doing my Joel Steen voice right here. We're more than conquerors. And so if you want that new Boeing 747 jet, you just claim it because we have conquered it. No. No. Wrong. It says, read a couple of words right after. It says, we are more than conquerors through, okay? So it's, again, it's nothing we've done. It's nothing we will do. It is through him who loved us. And that is a very important, important thing to look at because it's nothing, again, we do. We are only conquerors because I, I, I give it like this theology. So I've been watching the the show, The Chosen. I, I absolutely love the, the Which show, The Chosen. You're wearing the hat. So I was I'm looking like, at a, at a, something that another preacher was saying about just pound it and pound it and pound it and pound it and pound it until you until you get victory. Right. It's like no 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 no. You're more in conquerors in Christ Jesus. But I, the Chosen, the Chosen. I, I view it. As, uh, so I got this picture in my mind. You know, the guy who portrays G- the character. You know, the Jesus. Okay. He, he, which I'm not going to say. I'm going to say it is the character of Jesus because. Yeah. Just, I mean, it makes it easier. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not actually Jesus. All right, so, so Jesus and the Chosen. So he, he, there's a, a scene where he's carrying this leather backpack, and this is what I envision with this, okay? okay. And I'm gonna, it's a little, I, I haven't seen this one, so. It's a little analogy, all right? So uh, so he's, he's got this backpack. So I look at us as Christians, right? Okay. We are the backpack, okay? So we're the backpacks. We are useless and can do nothing on our own. We are an inanimate object just sitting like there. Like your backpack over there just chilling. Right. It's just, it's just there. It cannot do anything on its own. But as soon as Christ comes over and puts me on himself, right, he takes me up. Which is the picture of the me. shepherd and the lamb. Right. Now I go with him where he goes. Where and he leads, I follow. Because you're a vessel. You're and useful. now I'm useful because I'm a vessel, vessel and he uses me to carry out his will. And it, that analogy came to me as I was watching The Chosen. I'm like, that's what it is, man. It's nothing we do. Grace is undeserved. It's nothing we do. We No amount of works. Now, there's a different here because then you jump into um, some of the passages in James and stuff like this where it talks about works. Mm, uh, yep, okay. And so uh, it's showing the works show that you are his. <laughs> so okay. in the analogy of the backpack, I'm showing my works are, hey, I'm holding open my bag. I'm not even holding it open. I'm, a, I'm there so Christ can put his books in me, <laughs> right? But I'm, I've made myself useful. That's the work that it has right. happened in me. And again, it's nothing that I've done. It's that Christ has utilized me. He's using me and is making me a vessel carrier in the, in the terms of a backpack, okay? So those are the works that are coming from me is being able to be a carrier of his books in the analogy of the backpack. Okay. So it's nothing that I do, but out of who he is and what he's done for me comes these works, right? Comes this love that we're talking about here. Uh, we, we, we look at through um, Galatians, it talks about Christ's law, 
Right. Mm-hmm. Christ's law is that you love one another. Right. As Christ has loved you. <laughs> I mean, so it's just, that's, that's what we do. That's the works. It's the fruit of the spirit. These are the signs of the different fruits that are in us. These are the signs of works that are working in us. So, so, so here's my question, you know, thinking through all of this, you know, so if nothing can separate us from God's love and, and, the same idea as Jesus carrying the backpack. When we're in Christ, we're right. a new creation. We're, we were given a new purpose, new identity, new right. everything. How come we are able to do things that make us feel distant from God? If nothing can separate us from God's love, why do we sometimes feel distant from God? Because we lose focus. I think it's us. It's not... God, and this is where the backpack analogy fails because yeah, we still have to walk out. Right, right. Well, and, and no analogy is going to be perfect. No, in no, 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 but, no. But if you look at that, okay, so let's answer that. So God is not a man that he should lie. So if he says he will never leave us nor forsake us, he's always there. So the only way we can feel distant is because of something we've done. And typically from what I find is there's something in our life that's either A, distracting us, or B, there's some type of sin possibly that's going on that makes us feel unworthy which we're not worthy anyways. Mm-hmm. We're only worthy, again, through Christ. Um, and so we distance ourselves. We, we act as an Adam and Eve, and we hide from God because of our sin. The, the, we're ashamed, the shame that Ooh, comes Oh, let's, 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 let's hone in on that with Adam and Eve. So when Adam and Eve sinned, they went and hid from God. Right. It wasn't and, God walked away from them. And God came God looking went, for them. God went after them. Yeah. And it's the same analogy. It's the same thing. It's a type, That was a type and shadow of exactly what the Christian walk is like. God never walks away from us. We see it again in the parable of the lost sheep. Mm-hmm. There was a hundred sheep. 99 were there. One had wandered off. And the shepherd goes and looks for the lost and same sheep. same with the lost coin. The, so, the, the, handma- or the, the housewife went looking for the lost it, sheep. The lost, or the lost coin. The lost pearl. There, there's a missing here. In the, in the church today, of they're like, well, that's just the, the unsafe person. Well, no, because sheep are the shepherds. Right, not the coin the belongs to the woman. So this is something that he already owns. They are his. These are the things that were given to him. So that sheep that is lost, that has gone astray, that has wandered off, that has gone and hid itself is his. This means a brother, a, a follower of like Christ. Like this isn't a lost person. And so this is not a lost, this is not an unsafe person. So what does the shepherd do? Same thing he did in the garden. He goes out and seeks. He called out in the garden, Adam, where are you? And he's like, here I am, Lord. I hid because I was ashamed of my na- nakedness. And God goes, who told you you were naked? Like, what are you talking about? You shouldn't know this. And then, it, I mean, God knows that what happened. He's right, not, right. But, but putting back on it's the that, same man. thing. It's that we separate ourselves from God by, by one wandering off like a sheep. And the prodigal son too, who goes off and then goes, holy crap, I screwed we, up. I'm so, gonna come back So home. we choose to go off as a prodigal son. As a sheep, sheep wander off, not knowingly wander off, but they wander off because that's nature for them. Right. And, the, like, and, and, and then the, so, so we have, we have, we choosingly wander off. We unknowingly wander off. We fall into little sins that lead us further and further away. And then we, go into a blatant sin and we're ashamed like Adam did and we hide ourselves from God. So there's three ways that separate us from God and it's not God separating himself from us. It's us separating ourselves from God. Mm -hmm. And it's not that we are, I hate the word backslidden. We're not backslidden because once we are his, we are his forever. Right. It's, it's not this in and out, in and out. I got the book of life. All right, here's Chris. Oh, nope, Chris. I got Chris, a new name written Chris down in pencil, <laughs> yeah, right, and right. it's mine. Maybe mine. 
<laughs> I love that. The hymn is actually I got a new name written down in glory. There's a you know. there's a song um, by a, a band called Enter the Worship Circle, and I forget the name of the song. I've never heard of them. But uh, there's a there's a point in the song. It says he took away the he took away the pen, writing out my every sin. He burned the book of my rebellion. He t- tore the pages, um, holding everything that I rejected. Um, how he uh, how he loves me or how he forgives me or something like that. And it's like, it's some powerful Dang. lyrics. It's like, man, that's that's so and true. And waterworks. Right. It, it's it's so true that he doesn't, he's not writing and erasing and writing and erasing our name out of the in and out of the book of life. Once we are his, we are his. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit is what it says in Acts, the beginning of Acts. The Holy Spirit seals us. And once you are sealed, have you ever seen like a seal? like a paper, like on a book. I have some books and some commentaries where people had like their oh, pa- yeah, paper yeah, seals yeah. and they yeah. put us. So you can't ever get out that, out, that seal out of there unless you rip out the page, but then you ruin the book. Right. So you can never really get rid of something once it's sealed. And the Holy Spirit seals it for the day and of redemption. Ho- exactly. Exactly. So we are sealed. We are his. And because of that, we will never be abandoned by God. God values the things that are his, okay? These are gifts that are given to him from the father or that he gives to the father back and forth. Mm-hmm. This is that love relationship that they have. And going back to the father, if our earthly father give us gifts, how much more will our heavenly right. father? Yeah. <laughs> right. And so that, that's, that's what we all have to keep in mind is that when we feel distant from God, we need to look at what are we do. Have we unknowingly fallen into sin? Have we knowingly walked away into sin? And once we have sinned, are we just living in shame and guilt, which is separating us and we're hiding from God? This is just three, three, and I'm, yeah. there's probably many more reasons that can happen, but these are three reasons that could happen. And when we find outside, or when we find ourselves outside of pursuing God, I mean, obviously, you know, we're not going to receive certain blessings. Like we're going to receive. I mean, all actions have consequences. I mean, the Bible talks about the fact of we will have to have consequences for our own actions, whether natural consequences or, I guess, I don't, I don't know. Well, consequences it, it right talks word, about storing right? up your treasures in heaven, and there's different types of right. treasures. And even the Bible says he disciplines those he loves. Well, it, there's gold and silver, and then there's wood and hay. And then the, at the judgment seat, they're going to be burned up, and what lasts is going to be your reward. So... Not that we should do anything for rewards. My wife, so I can hear her already, Genial going, oh, it's not about rewards. And I agree, it's not about rewards, but this is, would be dope. these are some of the things that they're blessings. We're supposed to store up our treasures in heaven. We can lose treasures based upon what we do and don't do here, whether we're obedient and get the good gifts yep, okay. or whether we're disobedient and don't get the good gifts. What you looking at? <laughs> I'm just looking up thinking. Oh, okay. Uh, you're like looking off into the stars. Oh, I saw a notification too. Oh, sorry. Um, so, and it's very important to know that um, when we when we disobey, when we don't seek, we take ourselves out. Whether it's shame, whether we just lose sight, whether we lose focus, we 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 separate ourselves from the love of the father. And this is where that slight truth of like, you know, we talked about this again, coffee, my Christianity, where it's like position yourself for a blessing. Now, right. if you are in Christ, there are going to be blessings that you're going to, now right. it, they might not be physical because the Bible says if the world hated me, they're going to hate you. And right. if, if, <laughs> if, 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 
they kind of killed me, so... They're probably going to kill you, too. <laughs> so when you put, A lot of times people talk about positioning yourself for a blessing is for material blessing, the way you just talked about. Right. But the truth is, is when you position yourself for a blessing, it might not look the way we want. Because right. look at the Apostle Paul. I mean, he is the single-handedly, like, single-handed proof that the prosperity gospel isn't, like, <laughs> right. real. Because if, <laughs> if, if anyone should be blessed for their work, it how should about, be the Apostle Paul. How about Stephen? Oh. First martyr. <laughs> he was the, in the very beginning. He's like, yeah, and his main job hey. was to make sure the poor and the widows got food. Yeah, and it's he like, was doing. He was doing some good work. You're doing good work. We don't like you. We're stoning you. It's like, <laughs> hold Paul, up, God, hold up. What? And Paul's hey, gonna go. Hey. I'm gonna hold your jackets. Go ahead. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's crazy. Yeah, it is. And so you know, I guess here's going back to God's love and will God ever not like us? You know, the Bible says what that God's slow to anger and wrath. He's not willing that all should perish but come to repentance. Um, but ultimately, will God ever get to the point where it's like, eh, I. I love you, but you know what, bro? I don't, I don't really like you right now. I don't see that in scripture. God's love ain't fragile because God love right. isn't predicated on what we do and what we don't do. It's predicated right. on the fact of just who he is and literally that God sent Jesus. Like that is God's love. So nothing could separate us from God's love, but we can walk away from God, which then causes us to feel distance and right. to feel cold and to feel calloused. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, I, I read the example somewhere where it's kind of like uh, playing guitar or working with your hands. The more you work with your hands, the more calloused mm-hmm. you actually get. And when you get calloused, you don't feel it anymore. Right. You know, we can separate ourselves from God to the point where we, we keep callousing ourselves off from God, where we don't feel the gentle nudges and the prods. I think Billy Graham was talking about that one, uh, where we don't feel the nudges and the prods and, and the come back to Jesus like the lamb did. Right. And sometimes we are like the prodigal son who's so far out that, you know, it takes at us getting to the point, bottom of to, everything. We need to realize that the, I am at the lowest of lows. Right. It would be like it would be, be like my my dad's servants, his slaves are treated better than me. But see, that was the purpose of it. The father said, "Okay, you want to do this? I'm Your gonna, will be done. I'm going to let yeah. you do it, knowing that he's going to get to the lowest part in his life, and he did. And when he did, what did he do? He turned back to his father. That's right. what he did, and that's the purpose of it. He chastens us, so we turn." back to him. That's the whole purpose of it. It's not because he hates us. It's because he loves us. Right. Same same, same with our kids. Like we don't want them to just run in the middle of the street willy nilly. Like we yell at them to stop because we're not being jerks. We got, sure. We're, we're being fun sponges because we're not letting our kids play on the busy intersection. Well, they they, (laughs) they might think that we play on 94. They (laughs) might think we're terrible parents. We're not letting them have fun. We're the fun sponges. Why can't you let me have some fun? Because I don't want you dead boss. Like that's, Because I love you. <laughs> so, Anyways, so, you let's know, land this at, plane. at the end of the day, you know, when people are like, am I so far removed that God's just going to be done with me? Now, I mean, the Bible does says that he turned them over in Romans 1. To reprobate mine. Right. And those are people who are actively trying to not pursue God. But if you're f- trying to pursue after Jesus and you are his, will he ever just be like, I'm done there, with you? There's a, there's a difference, I think. I think we see this happening in the the story of Christ's ministry with the Pharisees and Sadducees. Mm. They became reptobate minds because they knew the truth and denied the truth. And at that point, they returned to a reptobate mind. But if you're a Christian who's thinking, is God going to be done with me? I'm trying, I'm messing up. I think that's proof that that's that's sanctification process. That's becoming more like using the Holy Spirit convicting you of your sin. But what we see is that the Pharisees and Sadducees really weren't his. Right, no. Right? We even see that with Judas. Right. And how do we know Judas wasn't his? Because he says, I have not lost a single one that you have given to me. This is in his prayer in Gethsemane. This is what he said to God. I have not lost a single one 
that you have given And so to therefore me. Jesus was not so Judas was not given. Judas was not Judas betrayed him and ended up killing himself. He was not Christ. <laughs> and so you have to look at that. So people go, oh, well, Judas fell away. He was the, he was a disciple, follower of Christ. Well, no, he wasn't his. Jesus clearly states that he was not his. So I'm going to land the plane by doing this. I'm right, going to go, go back it. to the Thanksgiving episode two episodes ago when we talked about how do we thank God in hard times. Okay. If you find yourself in a place, I think this is applicable for here too, where if you find right. yourself in a place where I like, I feel distance from God, I'm not really sure what's going on. Well, first you need to repent of your sin, mm-hmm. your, the, the known sin. Right. And ask God to keep illuminating that sin to keep pursuing Jesus. But, you know, we brought up like, you know, actually tell God how much you appreciate what he did in his love for us that he didn't mm-hmm. have to do. Another one was singing praises of worship to him, like actually proclaiming his goodness, living in obedience to him, actually following his command to love God and love others. And then last but not least, learn the Bible to understand why we're thankful in the first place. Exactly. I think that's like where that. we can land it, dude. Man, if that, you're feeling far good. from God, go back and listen to that Thanksgiving episode. That's, that's what I'm hearing. But, any other last thoughts from you, my dude, before we hit some fun facts? No, man, that was great. That was, I love that it. was a good conversation. Time for fun facts with February. All right, I'm ready for my All fun right. fact, bro, because I don't know well, this one. You know what? I if don't know if this you're one. a Lord of the Rings fan. Oh, it, pause. You know, someone almost threatened to leave. The church, because I use them as an opening illustration in a sermon. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. That so sucks. don't leave the podcast because of this. Sorry. But anyway, so, so, so L- if, L-O-T-R. You, if, if you know Lord of the Rings and yep. you're a huge fan, you yep. may know this fact. But for me, I did not know this fact, and I'm a pretty big fan. Hmm. So a Lord of the Rings actor would rather hike up a whole mountain than ride in a helicopter. Wait, what? Yeah. One of the things that makes Lord of the Rings lore so rich in the immersive environment of the story's setting while shooting the films, the cast had to fly to remote locations via helicopter. Which, yeah, I've seen that in like the extended versions. Yeah. Sean Bean, who plays Boromir oh. and Ned Stark in Game of Thrones, yep. was afraid of flight and would only do it if he had no choice. During the shootings for the Fellowship's crossing Snowy Mountain, he'd climb for two hours every morning to get to the set. He would make the climb already dressed as Boromir. So he would legit... Without filming, like, Lord of the Rings Boromir was already climbing the mountain. He was, he was literally, every morning. Can you imagine how many shots they had to do on the mountain? So how many mornings he had to take two hours And it was to snow. It? And it wasn't like he was just like, oh, I've got my hiking gear. No, he's putting on this costume and then hiking up. With the sword <laughs> oh, and shit. everything. Yeah. I mean, that's legit Lord of the Rings type. Now, that's I wouldn't awesome, have thought, man. I mean, that makes sense. Right. That Like that actor and his character. Right. I would have thought it was the dude who was playing Aragorn, not Boromir. Oh, uh, what's his name? I can't think. What I his used name to was. have his name memorized too. I don't know. Oh, he's such a good actor too. I don't know. Hugo uh, something. I I have no clue. Hugo something. I have absolutely Anyways. no clue. But either way, I don't know how to. Uh, that's just nuts. Yeah, that's so a fun fact. It, it's crazy. It's a fun fact. So that is a that is a fun fact. But, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, there you go. Now so you know you some go. more stuff. But how can people get a hold of us, Mark? Since we're uh, oh man, the, plan the here, classic so. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Real Talk Christian Podcast. Just find us there. They could find us on the website, realtalkchristianpodcast.com. You can even get to the merch store from there as well. And we got some good merch. Got the email, realtalkchristianpodcast.gmail.com, which, by the way, if you've left us a review and have not received your mini swag bag, it's because we don't know who on earth you you are. You have to email us. Or DM or whatever these. No, no, no. Got to email. Whatever you kids do there. Whatever you kids do these days. Got to email, <laughs> you gotta email us. us. We'll send you that mini email. Email is the safest way. Eat. Just email us your address and we will send you a 
free little mini and swag. If we've forgotten to send you your mini swag, please bag, reach out reach to us. us. We, we're, we're trying. I know during the COVID time, it was kind it was of weird. hit or miss. And so we would love to get that back. If we missed you guys, go ahead and send us another message at Real Talk Christian Podcast at gmail.com. You can also give us a call or a text message at 574 400 5352. Again, 574 400 5352. Five, two. Community, reach out to us. We don't want to be lone wolves here just hanging out talking to you. We Never. want you guys to have that conversation back. So we'd love to get to know you a little bit better. But until next time, guys. Take it easy.